0: Good morning, Northwest. Hope you were doing fantastic and uh, ready to worship. A little, bit, a little bit warmer this week than last week, right? And I want to give a shout out. I've seen some new families that are joining us today and, and, and that I haven't seen in quite a long time. And so it's been great to see those. I, I have some helpers today to start off the message. And those helpers know exactly who they are. I'd like for them to make their way to the front of the stage right here. And I would like to have their numbers in order. So will you please go ahead and make your way up to the stage. We are going to finish chapter 1 of First Peter this week. That message, that whole chapter really talks about, there's four commands after we talk about um, who God is and what God did. The hope that we have, the salvation that we have. It is unbelievable. For all that God did. And then we have four commands. We'll talk about the fourth command today. But I drafted um, a little help this week. So um, I got some help with some friends right here. We have Caleb Dinger. We have Lily Bowman. We have Nate Ballinger. And we have Zoe Amen from our Northwest Kids. And so they're going to help us help you remember our commands. Okay? Now maybe you can't see them from where you are, but we will go ahead and we'll flip over. So our first command that we found out after we talked about all that we have in Jesus, this beautiful inheritance, this living hope, this salvation that is secured. Then the hope, the, the, the command that we had, number one is, go ahead, Caleb, flip that over. So I'm going to ask you, those are in the front, go ahead and read that command for us. What does that command say? First Peter 1.13. set your hope fully on the grace that will be revealed to you in Christ Jesus. That's our first command. So we have all that we see, all that we are. There's our command number one. Now I want you to set your hope on the grace that's in Christ. Then we have Lily Bowman is going to have number two. Lily, go ahead and flip yours over. There we go. Okay, go ahead and read that for us, church. So God looks at him, Peter looks at him and says, he quotes a verse to him. He says, hey, listen, because of all that God is really, what I want you to do is I want you to imitate him. Being holy is not just simply being separated from the world. Being holy is to be like God. That's the key to holiness is to be like God. And that's a command that we have. And then, okay, then we have another command right in the next verse. Go ahead, Nate, flip that over. Okay, go ahead and read this. It was a little bit longer for us. Go ahead and read this. And so so what we learned last week as we talked about, hey, what we want to do is we want to basically live and, and be aware that we would not, we would not, we would have fear that we would treat God's precious gift like trash, that it's not precious that it's not beautiful, that it's not truly a gift. He said, conduct your lives with fear while you're in the exile. Listen to the way we live. We, we talked last week about having accountability in our, in our lives to help us do that. Now, our, our newest command is number four, and Zoe's going to show us what that one is. So go ahead, Zoe. What is number? What is it? Read it for us, church. sincere love and a pure heart and we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about that one uh today but i want to make sure that we have we're going to close down chapter one and this is a way for us to remember that god has done all of these things we have we are elect we are we are exiles we are a scattered church we have an opportunity to know jesus we are born again we have god that is going to commend our faith one day and then he says now i want you to do this i'm commanding you to do this and here's, here's what those commands are. So let's really quick give a hand for our helpers this morning, Northwest kids. Thank you. And I really, our artwork this morning was done by none other than Juliet Ballinger. Let's give her a big hand. So Juliet, so grateful for you for helping me out this week. So thank you for that very much. All right, guys, you can go ahead and sit down and thanks again for our, our help. So, so here's what we have, here's what we have to understand as we, finish out chapter one. When we finish out chapter one, we have to look and we sit there and say, okay, well, we've got all these commands. The question that we can have is how are we to live like this? If God commands it, and here's what I want you to know, and here's what I want to remind you of, that every time that God gives us a command, I want you to do this. He will always supply to you the power by which to obey it. Listen, he's not telling you to do something. He's not going to give us the power to accomplish it, to do it, and to do it with great passion and with great boldness. Because we recognize that God sent Jesus to redeem us. We've been talking about this every Sunday at Northwest for years. That's what God did. And when God came and sent Jesus, Jesus says, hey, I'm going to go. And there's one coming that's going to be there's one coming that's going to be the comforter for you to remind you of all that I am and all that I will do. And so there's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live in us. And so when we take a look at all of these commands that are looked, looked at in the Bible, and even in chapter 1, we don't look at them as something like, wow, that's impossible. No, we look at it and we say, God, with all, all things with you, all things with you are possible. So we have the capacity to live these commands because of the Holy Spirit that lives within us and is based on our salvation. So I want to go ahead and give you our big idea as we jump into our text. And it's really simple. It's in your, your app on your phone. It's love like Jesus. That's, that's really the command. Remember when Jesus was trapped, um, our our theme for today and all of that we're going to be talking about is what does it mean to, to love like Jesus? and And so... When, we, when Jesus was trapped and he was, he was, he was, they were asking him some questions and they were trying to, to get him to stumble over what had already been predicted in the Old Testament. They tried to entrap him. And so why are you healing on Sunday? And why are you doing this? And you're supposed to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. And Jesus just summarized the Ten Commandments and he says, hey, listen, this is all it is. It's love God and love others. And that's what I want you to be about. I'm going to give you the capacity. I'm going to give you the ability to do just that. But I want you to love God and I want you to love others. And that's where it is summarized by Christ himself. But our command is found in verse 22. Now, Zoe was up here and she had her sign and and that was her command. We're going to read that command and then we're going to break it down together. So let's go ahead and look at verse 22. It's right found in the middle. And so it says this. For a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. So that is our command. And I really want that to sit as the center of the message this morning. What is said before that in verse 22a and what is said after that all the way to 25 is really emphasizing and defining what that looks like. So the the basic theme Of our message today is love like Jesus. This is the type of love we want to have. Now what we're going to do is we're going to pull it apart. So the theme is found in the middle. Now we're going to go to the first part. And we're going to go to the back part of those verses. Let's do that together. Here's our lessons. Number one. Godly love is a demonstration of our new life. Godly love is a demonstration of our new life. Look at verse 22, what it says. 22 says this. Having purified your soul's By your obedience to the truth, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. 23. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. So right now we have a couple of words that we need to look at. What is he declaring to us right now? He's saying, you're going to love this way because that's the way a believer loves. That is a demonstration that you are a believer. He uses the word having purified your souls. Now, that simply is not something that we do. It's something that has been done to us. If we were to break that word down, basically what the word means, it's it's something that happened to us that has continuing effects. So purified means an event that took place in our life that has continuing effects. That's what purified means. We look at it, we've used the word sanctified before. But purified means it's going to be cleansed up. You have been cleansed by the gospel. You have been cleaned up by the gospel. And since you have been cleaned up by the gospel, verse 23 says, since you have been born again, then what? You are going to love the way that we've talked about right now. Brotherly love, earnestly, sincere. That's the way a believer loves. That's a characteristic that we have a relationship with Jesus. By loving in this way. And so, if you were to take a look at Galatians chapter 5 at the fruit of the Spirit. Notice I did not say the fruits of the Spirit. I said the fruit of the Spirit. And the, the fruit of the Spirit is, and what's the first one? Okay, it starts with love. And so, I remember hearing something one time when I was in seminary that it's it's basically singular because the fruit is love, and the rest of them are definitions of that love. That love is joy. That love is kindness. That love is goodness. That love is self-control. But when it says, it does not say, here are the fruits of the Spirit. It says, here is the fruit of the Spirit. And it starts with love. And it is joyful. And it is kindful. It is kindness. It is self-control. It is meat. That right now helps us to understand that as a believer, if you have placed your faith in Jesus, this type of love should be a characteristic of your life. And it is. if it is not, then we must ask the question, are we truly a follower of Christ? Because this type of love, let me tell you, demonstrates our new life. Number two, number two, there's, a, there's another one. We've got three today. Godly love is sincere and earnest. Godly love is sincere and earnest. Look at verse 22b. I'm going to go back to that one again. Here it is. We've we've read this a couple times. We'll read it again. So having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. So sincere brotherly love. Let's break that down. There's the word sincere. The word sincere in its original language, means without hypocrisy. When you really do a study of that word, and you even break it down into, I had a study this week, and and I was studying it, and found out that in Latin, it has an incredible meaning, and it really puzzled me. The word sincere in Latin means without wax. So when I found that out, Anne, where's Anne, our English major, Okay, there you are. When I found out that sincere means without wax, it caused me to do a little bit deeper study on why in the world it would be without wax. But going back into when an artist would create a porcelain vase or a statue, they would put this statue together or they would put this vase together and if there was a flaw in the statue as they were making it, they would fill it in with wax. Okay? Work with me here. So they would fill it in with wax. But if you were wanting to sell something on the market, you would walk around at this time and you would say, Sinecherum, Sinecherum, you would say, without wax. You would hold up your 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 creation, this masterpiece that you would have, and you would say, Sincera, sincera, or sincerum either in Latin or English or even Spanish as I studied. Here's the point right now. What would happen is, is if you were creating something and there was a flaw, you would put wax in it. If you were going to sell it, you wanted to get high dollar for it. And so what you would do is you would go out and you would tell everybody, it doesn't have wax, it doesn't have wax. It means it's real, it's legitimate, There, it's genuine. There are no flaws in it. So when you take a look at the sincere love that we are to have, We are to love, listen to me, we are to love without wax. There's no flaws. There's no flaws. It's genuine. It's beautiful. It's without blemish. Because that's the way that Christ loves you and me. That's the way Christ loves you and I. He loves us that way. He, he goes on and he says that we're to love earnestly. And maybe in some translations, it's fervently. Basically, it's um, a sports term, meaning what you're going to do is you are going to love to the extent you are going to, to stretch your muscles to the fullest limit. You are going to exert yourself as, as far as you possibly can go that's really what the the word earnestly and fervently means i'm going to love you as much as is is humanly humanly possible and through the power of the spirit i'm going to love you like christ loved you which is unconditional and and that's that's what he's trying to get us to say is trying to get us to see they understood at the time of the writing that this love that we were to have would be would be i'm going to stretch i am going to give everything i have i'm going to push my muscles to the limit in order to do this. And so here's what he has. He has, hey, you have brotherly love. We see that. I want you to sincere brotherly love. He said, I want you to love earnestly. That love is defined as agape love. We know that. And it's giving everything that we have to love, to love purely, to love genuinely, to love authentically. And, and so the, the, the next one we have, how, how do we love this way? I think the question that we have to ask ourselves is, is, am I truly, as a believer in Jesus, am I truly loving people like Jesus loved people? I think you have to ask yourself the question. And then if you answer the question, mm, maybe I'm not loving that way. Maybe I'm not loving my wife the way that I should love my wife. Maybe I'm not loving my kids the way that I should love my kids. Or I'm not showing love to my friends or my, my brothers. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. And I think the text this morning helps us understand how we are to do that. And it's in the next point right here. The next point is this. Godly love is fueled by the word of God. Godly love is fueled by the word of God. So as I was studying this this week, I was coming across and breaking down the text. And all of a sudden I got to the place where all of a sudden he quotes Isaiah 40, 6 through 8. And this is what it says. All flesh it's like grass all of its glory like the flower of grass the grass withers and the flower falls but the word of the lord remains forever and this word is the good news that was preached to you and so as i was sitting here trying to pull this text apart and really studying and stuff i was like why in the world would he go and quote a bible verse after me After he talked about um, loving people, the way that we should love people, he defined what it was. It's sincere. It's earnest. He also defined it as um, he talked about how, uh, you know, it's it's unconditional. Um, He talked about it being a demonstration of our love. And then I, I started. So 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 how are we to do this? And he shows us the actual fuel to the way that we are to love in a godly fashion. And that's the word of God. So how does Peter answer the question? He talks about some things that they're very aware of. He says, all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of the grass. And the grass withers. So in the hillside of the time that this was writing, they're very aware of this wild grass that would grow and the flowers that would pop up in the middle of the grass. And what would be seen is it would be a beautiful scene that they would look at this beautiful grass, these beautiful wild flowers would pop up, and they would just see that and be overwhelmed with the beauty. And so then he breaks it down to them. I need to let you know something. It's going to die because the grass withers and the flowers fail. And then he comes back, but the word of God endures, remains forever. And this is the word that is good news that was preached to you. So here it is, Northwest. If you're sitting here saying, like, I want to be able to love this way, then what's the fuel to it? It's the word. This book that we get to read and devour is is a message of love to you and I from God. And in order for us to love as believers, love this community, love each other, love this church, then what is the fuel to that? It's being in the word. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to sit there and feast on God's word. And and here he's telling us, I need you to know something that the flowers that you're looking at and the grass that you're seeing, they will fade and they will go away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And so if you want to love like you are commanded to love, then I want you to feast on the word that I'm giving you right now. I want you to spend time in it. I want you to devour it. I want you to be alone. I want you to meditate on it. I want you to see it I read it. I want you to memorize it. I want you to write it down. I want it to be etched on the deep chambers of your heart so that you can do what I'm commanded you to do, and that's the love, with a brotherly and sincere love, and do so earnestly as much as possible. Be stretched to the absolute limits. So the question, another question you might have as we get down to our... Um, our, our, our final two questions that I have for you. First, let's, let's just make sure that we, we review. Godly love is a demonstration of our new love, our, our new life. Godly love is sincere and earnest and Godly love is fueled by the word. And our big idea for today is to love like to love like Jesus. That's really what he's encouraging us to do. And, and so we, we, I want to ask you the question, what if I don't love like this? What if I don't love like this? then you always ask a question with a question, right? That's what Jesus did. So you ask the question, what if I do not love like this? Then I would ask you the main important question. I would ask you, are you truly born again? No judgment whatsoever. My desire in my heart is that you would know Jesus and you would know him in a personal way. And if today's that day where you sit there and say, wow, I don't love like this and perhaps it's because I really don't know him, then I would ask you, While we're singing, just place your faith in him. God, I believe in you. I'm not a believer. I want to love this way. Please help me to receive your love so that I might be able to love other people the way that you love me. I'd encourage you, give your life to Jesus. Chapter one is a beautiful declaration of who we are in Christ. And if you want to be in the family of God, then it's by faith, by grace, through faith in Jesus. Say yes to him if you haven't. Another thing, too, is what if I don't love like this, then, then what can I do? I would encourage you to act and ask the Lord to have your feelings catch up to your action and decision. Because, you see, love is not love is not a feeling. It has feelings, but love is a choice. And you might be sitting here saying, well, I don't love this way or I don't love this way. Well, it's a choice to love this way. And I would, I would encourage you by the power of the gospel, by the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in you, choose to love and trust that your feelings will catch up. It's sort of like the choice to love is like the, the choice to love is like the engine of the train. And sometimes the feelings are the caboose. But make sure, make sure, make sure that we make that decision. We make that decision. I'm going to choose to love and ask the Lord to, um, Bring your feelings to follow that decision. Choose to love this way. And then I would ask you another question. Are you loving your church family the way you are commanded to right now? Everybody who comes to Northwest or comes through Northwest always asks, always tells the question, wow, you guys are incredibly friendly. And I I could brag on you for days because I believe that that's true. But as we're sitting here in the midst of all that is going on right now, I would ask you to evaluate, hey, am I loving the way that Christ teaches me and commands me to love, specifically in this verse, sincerely, earnestly, not hypocritically? And then the next thing I would ask you to do as an action step before Scott, Scott, you can go on and come up right now. Here's the action step for you. I would ask for you this week to pray that God would direct you to someone that needs to be loved like Jesus and you are not allowed to text them, you must call them. <laughs> Texting is too easy. Call them. Check on them. And pray with them. I, I've been, it's, it's been kind of neat. Several years ago, maybe a year ago, or a year and a half ago, I listened to a message by one of my favorite preachers. His name is Matt Chandler. And he said, you would be amazed that someone challenged him to pray the prayer God direct me to somebody that needs to be encouraged challenged and just give me a word bring me to the person and bring me the words that I need to speak to them for your sake let me love them like you love them let me challenge them like you challenge us let me encourage them the way that you encourage them he said I challenge you to pray that prayer here's what I want to ask you to do this week I'm going to ask you this week to pray Pray for someone that God would place on your heart. And I want you to act on it. And I want you to act on it old school. Not email and not text, but pick up a phone and call him. And encourage him in the name of Jesus. Listen, I was sitting out here and we were working all over the place. And Ed Hogan was on a Bobcat and Ronnie was over there on a wood chipper. Ronnie liked that thing too much, I think. (laughs) Man, he's like a man, okay? I'm just telling you. It's like, I watched him use the wood chipper. I never, I never got close to it. I'm just like, wow, that thing is serious. I was talking to Ed Hogan, and he put up on a train. He said, man, I just, I just love our church. I love that we are a family. And a characteristic of a family is that we love like Jesus. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge myself. Let's make sure that the love that we have for each other is the love of Jesus. Because there is nothing like it, okay? I love you guys. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I love you. Thank you for who you are. I pray that you'll use us today to continue to love each other the way that you loved us. I pray that our love would be without spot. I pray the love would be without wax. It would be pure and beautiful and simple and transformational. I pray, God, that you would help us to be a family, help us to live like we really, truly love each other. And Lord, if there's anybody in here right now that simply says, wow, I'm playing a game, I'm a fake I am a hypocrite, I do not love this way, then God, I pray that they would not even leave this place today without coming to faith in you. That God, you would, you would overwhelm them with your grace. You would overwhelm them with your love for them. And that Lord, whatever they have done would be forgiven because of your great love that you lavish on your people. So Lord, if there's anybody in here today, I pray they would give their life to Jesus, not leave this place without knowing that they are a child of the Most High King. And God, as those of us who are believers, I pray that this love, this love, would be demonstrated in our lives and that you would direct us to people in our sphere of influence that need to be loved and loved boldly and beautifully like you love us. So help us to love like Jesus. It's your name I pray, amen.